This is Saster's Founders Favorite Series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from Saster speakers. This is where the cloud meets. As the number one rated sales tax solution, trusted by more than 20,000 e-commerce professionals, TaxJar knows sales tax. To ensure accurate sales tax compliance amid the latest software taxability trends, visit taxjar.com forward slash saster to automate sales tax for your SaaS business. Up today, Dr. Lieb Chief Development Officer Agnes Basin and Excel partner Andre Brasavanu. Hi everyone, so I'm Andre, I'm a partner at Excel and I have the pleasure of being on stage with Agnes. Uh, she's part of the founding team at Dr. Lieb and the current Chief Development Officer uh, for the company. Uh, so a bit about Dr. Lieb for those of you who are not aware of the company, but I'm sure being uh, in Paris here, uh, most of you would have heard of them. Uh, so they're the leading booking management platform for doctors. They were started in 2013 here in France and have since grown into France and Germany. They currently work with 80,000 doctors, growing at 3,000 per month, 1,700 hospitals, 35 million uh, strong patient community, 900 employees. Uh, as a bit of history, Excel, we've had the pleasure of supporting them from the early beginnings. So we led their Series B of $20 million in 2015. Uh, since then, the company has continued to grow tremendously and have raised a total of $280 million, most recently passing the $1 billion valuation mark and are fast approaching $100 million in recurring revenue. Uh, so I'll give it to Agnes to share a bit more about her role, Dr. Lieb, and the topic for the day. Hello, everyone. Very happy to be there. It's my first time here at Sester. So yeah, maybe as an introduction, who of you have already booked an appointment through Dr. Lieb? Okay, it's not bad. I guess other people are not from France, I hope. <laughs> so yeah, so I think it's pretty straightforward what uh, Dr. Lee's does for patients. We are an um, online booking solution for patients. And uh, for doctors, what we do is that we have um, a full software for doctors that does booking management, uh, patient CRM, um, doctor to doctor collaboration, and also recently launched uh, video consultation in France. So this is uh, the doctor side, and our mission overall is really to uh, create the tools for hospitals and practice of the future. And on the patient side, it's to smoothen uh, patient access and the overall experience for patients. I'm very happy to, to talk about SMB sales today, because if you think about it, uh, healthcare is a very nice economic sector. There's loads of things to do there, because it's very low digitalized. It's 11% of GDP in France, and even more in some other countries, and it's highly fragmented. So doctors basically sit in you know, single or double or three people, maximum 10 practice. So we knew from the beginning that we had to be excellent in SMB sales, because basically there's no other way around it. And um, you know, sometimes when we were working on our sales organization, we always told ourselves we have to be so good in sales that one day we can write a book about it. And so today, it's not a book yet, but I think a talk here is already a good start. That's fantastic. So we're, uh, the topic of the day is Secret to SMB Sales, and we thought we would organize the, um, the talk in four chapters. 
uh, in terms of the four core tenets of their strategy, uh, which is organization, sales processes, sales operations, and people. Um, so I guess to start with, on the organization side, uh, can you tell us a bit about how sales are organized, uh, Dr. Lieb? Yeah, sure. So maybe it's, uh, it's easier to start with explaining how it works. So we've got, uh, we split our sales organization into four different teams. So two teams cater to practices. So it's the field sales team and the inside sales team. And one team is catering to hospital. So this is not SMB sales, so we will not talk about it today because it's more like enterprise sales. And then we've got, of course, the sales ops team, uh, which is really global. So this one is catering for you know, both countries. We've got France and Germany today, whereas the other you know, teams, field sales, are more uh, local-based. So that's about the organization. I guess uh, the most interesting uh, to tell you more today is about uh, the field sales team, because this is how we started. Basically, for the first two years, we only had field sales. And um, yeah, in terms of structure, you know, we went from five sales guys that were with the CEO, uh, the founder at the beginning, uh, to a 300 people sales organization today in 40 different cities in France and Germany. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a long way and a, a lot of things. And I think one interesting thing to share about that is, uh, you know, when it's field sales, basically it's local, right? So you've got to make sure that each uh, a business developer got uh, like a pipe of prospect that is not too scattered around so that he doesn't spend the whole day in his car. So you've got to split your territory between you know, pools of 2,000, 3,000 prospects per, per person. And uh, you know, the way we did it in France was pretty wild because we started with Paris, we became super strong in Paris, and then uh, Axel came. <laughs> we raised a very nice Series B, so we wanted to expand. And there we opened probably uh, 10 different cities. And because we had competition there, uh, like any time our competitor will open a very small city, like, oh my god, they opened Besançon. We have to open Besançon as well. So we opened Besançon, Pau, Tours, uh, all the you know, smallest cities in France. And at one point, we've got like 15 guys alone in some small cities. And you know, very junior in sales, so it was really difficult. And you know, the sales manager, they would travel every day to a different city, and they had like a round of 10 different cities that they would do just to see the guys every two weeks. So it was one or two years that were pretty tough in terms of management. And so uh, when, we, when we started in Germany, we did it a bit more wisely. And I think the German geography helped a lot because Germany is not like France, where it's you know, Paris and the rest of the world. It's more like you know, four or five different big centers. So in Germany, we try to stay very focused to make sure that we have people that are not alone, but with teams, which is much easier in terms of management and growing people and everything. So I would say that was the main learning from building the sales organization that we had uh, over the, the last years. So this, this clearly has worked very well for you. Uh, so how did you decide on this model and go-to-market strategy? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, if you think about the healthcare industry, what you have to take into account is that there is a huge sales pressure on doctors. Mm. I mean, the pharma industry got millions to pour to try to you know, convince doctors to change their prescriptions. So basically, they tried everything, and it went as far as you know, paying them some design furnitures or mm -hmm. inviting them for Congress in uh, French Polynesia. So <laughs> it was pretty well, so we wouldn't see how it was possible to convince a doctor with something less you know, intense than at least a face-to-face -face meeting. So that's why we started with feel safes, And then 
after we started and we started to onboard the first customers, what came out is that if you want the customer to be happy, which is of course very key because we are a free of engagement service, so the success factor of sale is not signing the contract, but is getting usage and having a happy customer. And when you, we, we did that at the beginning, we really had to remove any physical barrier from having a happy doctor. Mm -hmm. So it means sometimes, you know, fixing his internet connection or, you mm -hmm. know, reorganizing something in the practice or sometimes, you know, help training each assistant one by one so that they're happy using the product. So it, it was really, you know, hardcore change management within each single practice. And, uh, you know, for example, I remember when I started in Germany, we were installing like our first, I mean, maybe 10th doctor in Germany. And, you know, unluckily enough, he, was, he had a paper calendar. So mm. when you have a paper calendar, it means you need to copy manually each single wow. appointment in the Dr. Lieb, uh, you know, software. And he had around 3,000. So what happened is that uh, we started and we were like, okay, maybe we should show the assistant how to do it. And then we realized they will not do it. So if we were, wouldn't do it, they would not you know, adopt Dr. Lieb. So they just left us the key of the practice and we were the whole Saturday in their practice alone, copying appointments. And this is how it happens. So of course, no, we try to get the assistants doing it, but sometimes and very often we have you know, some sales guys who do it. And in the end, uh, I think like this, you know, very strong service mindset uh, that uh, the field sales team had and this very strong proximity to customer is really what made the, the success of Dr. Lieb in the early days. Those are amazing stories. Um, and beyond the fast growth, how have you seen the organization develop over time and the strategy? Yeah, so of course, growth is a, a very, you know, spectacular thing on how the organization changed. But, uh, if I think about changing instructor, I think the main, the main point was when we started inside sales. So as I explained, we, we came from a very you know, field uh, model. And then at what point we decided to launch inside sales because the most challenging part for us at the beginning was to get meetings because doctor wouldn't meet you. So you, you got like 30 no's, 40 no's in a way. So getting meetings was the most difficult uh, activity. So we said, okay, let's launch inside sales and they would just do calling all day and get meetings for the field sales team. So we did that, but to do that, we, we just got a very good sales guy from Paris, Laurent. And then uh, after like one or two weeks, Laurent came to us and said, okay, but why can I sign a doctor? I want to sign the doctor. I don't want to just take the appointment for the other guy. He was super frustrated. And though, then they started to sign doctors successfully, fully over the phone uh, with distance. And then what we realized is that it works, but only for certain segments. So it works for simple organization with single doctors. Um, mostly for you know, non-medical specialities like um, physio, uh, psychologists and everything where it's easier to change things in the practice. And right now we've got a 70 people inside sales team. So it's a big deal. <laughs> wow. So let's zoom in a bit on the, on the sales process. Mm. In a few words, how would you summarize the secret sauce of your, of your sales playbook? Yeah, I knew that he was going to ask me that question. <laughs> so... Yeah, I thought about it, and I think the, the three ingredients of our SMB sales secret sauce are first, a very strong entrepreneurial mindset. Second, a consistently high volume of meetings. And third, constant um, continuous improvement. These are really the three points that um, made a success. 
And, you know, I think everyone is talking about it, but people could be first, people could be last, and nothing is going to be magic within the organization if you don't have great people and a great team spirit and mindset. And, um, for example, the, for me, it, it took me some time to realize that, and I'm from Lyon, basically, and when I, when I get, got back home, I talked to my parents, you know, doctor's friend, And I asked them, okay, so do you know about Dr. Lee? What do you think? And they tell me, yeah, I've met uh, Jean-Baptiste. He's such a great guy. Uh, he did that. Uh, he, uh, he knows some of my friends. And basically, I think it's only thanks to having thousands and thousands of meetings every week with super nice, super entrepreneurial guys that doctors love that we build such a huge trust on the French market that allows us today to have a majority of our sales coming through inbound. So the sales have been clearly very effective. Can you talk a bit more about the funnel and how you develop these leads through uh, the various stages? Yeah, so about the funnel, there's no like uh, big... Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty simple. Basically, it's uh, a very simple process like uh, hunting, so pretty straightforward. This is done by the sales to generate meetings, and as I told you, it was the most difficult thing at the beginning because doctors are so much asked for that they would not meet any you know, commercial person. So this is really the most difficult part. And then there is closing. So this is the meeting, so either by distance or face-to-face, -face, and the sales guy is, is taking care of it. And then we've got the training part. So this is something specific, as I told you, that a success factor for sales for us is not just you know, signing a contract. It's really having a happy customer that has usage of our product. So this is why the salesperson himself is doing the training. Because if you've got someone who sells you a product and say, yeah, thank you, I sell you the product, but then, okay, just talk to this guy for implementation, it's very tough in terms of trust. So that's why we always had a model where the salesperson was guaranteeing the success of the product, and this allows us to have a very good word-of-mouth effect. And uh, they were supported also by an onboarding team on the training part. And then the last part is farming, what we call, so hunting, closing, training, and farming. And farming is done by customer success, and of course the goal is to remove as much as possible the contact from the sales team so that they can focus on more hunting. So this is the, the overall uh, sales process. And there, recently I, I think about that again, and I think what is very important is that when you start a company, there is one point where you need a CRM, so actually we did it straight away. And when you do that, you need to define very accurately the steps. So, okay, hunting, there's like maybe five or ten sub-steps and process that you have to define in the CRM. And this is super, super important. And we invested a huge amount of time to do it right, because as you grow, if you don't put it right, you don't have the right data to understand what you're doing. And it's When we were like 10, 15, 30 people, we could, you know, take good decisions out of gut feeling and field observation. But as we grew a 300 people sales organization in France and 100 people in, in Germany, uh, no, we really need good data. And what's actually funny is that um, we had to rebuild our sales force from scratch three times. And I can tell you it's quite painful because last year we were so proud because, you know, we had like two... Uh, great Salesforce developers, and we got the best customized Salesforce in Paris. So every time a new sales guy would join, they would say, wow, that's such a cool Salesforce. You have the best dashboard. It's you know, fu fully customized. 
So people just loved it. And at one point, because of this process that was not designed the right way so that we couldn't understand really our business, we, had to, we decided to just dump the whole thing and rebuild the whole thing from scratch. So I think this mm -hmm. describes pretty well a lot of uh, you know, stages through which we've been uh, in the last few years where we, you know, we didn't hesitate to really you know, dump everything and start again from scratch to always challenge ourselves on what's the best sales process and everything. And it's really good to, mm. to hear some of the areas you've had stumbles in and, and potentially things didn't work out as expected. What, what steps have you taken to improve in those cases? Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I think uh, it f I've been for five years at Dr. Lee, but it feels pretty much like 15 years or something mm -hmm. like that, because we've gone through so many things. Uh, but there are, you know, most of the time in sales, there, there are three, you know, options where it doesn't work. So the first option is that the wrong person is selling your product, people problem. Second option is that you're not selling your product in the right way. So it's basically a sales script problem. And the third option is maybe that the product is wrong. But if you challenge always the product first, then it's not working because you end up having each single sales explaining you why they didn't sell because the product is not right. So you have to trust the product, basically. And, uh, and there, yeah, I've got loads of examples. So for people, I think everyone in the room who already tried to build a sales team would know what uh, I'm talking about. But obviously, you know you've got... Uh, loads of you know, wrong hires or people going wrong or things like this. And, and there, it's very important to react fast and to have you know, a good load of strong managers that can take back a region if some, somewhere is going wrong. If you don't have enough good people in your overall organization, every time you've got a problem or a hole, then you know, you're basically, you, have, you cannot do anything. And what helped us is that we got a lot of really good and strong guys that whenever a region was going wrong, they would take it back in terms of management or they would do some kind of mentorship or things like this. So this was really uh, helpful for solving people's problems. <laughs> then uh, when it comes to yeah, uh, the way you sell like script problem, this is also uh, something where you need to always learn. That's what I said, like continuous improvement. Every time you do a sales meeting, you have to get out of the sales meeting thinking, okay, what can I improve in my script? And, and there, there are many examples. For example, like if you've got a, a young guy that's coming to a GP in France and telling him how many like, new patients he will get, the GP will just go like, oh my God, I already have like, so many new patients, I don't want any additional, and he will just you know, kick you away. And of course, this kind of thing, the more we, you know, we got senior and senior to have a different script by specialty, the more we trained the team. And, and this uh, allowed us to really you know, get back on conversion on certain specialty where we had really low uh, conversion. And uh, this was made possible by one thing, is that every Monday morning, we've got a, a sales meeting every Monday morning, 8.30. So it's really like a, quite a tradition in the company. And uh, there we share, it's, it's basically sharing about results and then training. And every time we've got a new adjustment in the script, we would share it there. So if there is a problem in the script that we spot the next Monday, it's solved and 150 or 300 people in the organization are aware about it. So that, that's one point. And the last, uh, yeah, the last kind of uh, challenge that you can run through is product. Um, and there, for example, like, I don't know, psychologists, they, they were not so happy with Dr. Lieb and we couldn't sell it pretty well. 
And what we realize is that they always give series of appointments. So if you go into a therapy, you will have like 12 appointments in a row. And, uh, and so for them, they had to you know, click 10 times on Dr. Lieb and create the appointment 12 times. So they, were, you know, they thought it was not so much time-saving as we sold them. And so this, this is something we realized. And then, of course, we you know, released a new serial appointment feature. And uh, I must say that in the early days, especially when we started in Germany and you're pretty new, it's very important to have a, a, a quick reactivity of product. And of course, now we grow bigger, we don't do this anymore, else our product roadmap will be uh, not so good. But in the early days, it's uh, when you're building the trust in the market, it's, it's very, very important as well. So, I mean, overall, I think we, we did a, a lot of mistakes, but we... We have a very open uh, culture about it, and anytime something goes wrong, what really matters is that you don't wait to solve the problem, and you have the right mechanism to be able to save the problem straight away. That's great. So yeah. thanks so much, and yes. TaxJar automates sales tax for growing and mid-market SaaS businesses, so you can focus on expanding your services into new markets and grow your top-line revenue. Don't let sales tax be a pain in the SaaS. Visit taxjar.com forward slash saster to automate your sales tax compliance and protect your business from the burden of sales tax.